Welcome to the Darwinian Demon Podcast. All right, today's show is about evolutionary bed hedging. So I'm going to talk about the evolutionary aspects of bed hedging, sort of how, how we think about bed hedging in an evolutionary context and in the, in the context of animals maximizing their fitness, and then also tie that in with some bed hedging that we see in, in society, some, some bed hedging that, that humans do, especially um, nowadays. So... Bed hedging is a, is an evolutionary strategy, and so the strategy makes you think, well, what is it? It's it's a means to an end, right? It's it's a way to maximize fitness. And the reason that there is evolutionary bed hedging is because the world is variable. The world is not some you know monotypic place. There's variation both in space and in time. And I'm going to really focus on temporal variation because that's the variation that um that really comes about with bed hedging in all aspects of bed hedging really and we i think as as humans we um we underestimate how variable how the environment varies temporally sometimes i mean we look around and we think well if it's hot today maybe it's going to be hot tomorrow and the next day and 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 we sometimes can forget how variable the world is or you know the way things are now they might change Versus, you know, they they may change, right? So, like, you know, for instance, politically, there's been a big political shift in the United States, right? We we thought the United States was was one way, but looks like it's it's changed quite a bit, right? And I mean, that's one thing you can always count on is change. And the same goes for organisms. And bed hedging is a way to deal with that. So. And the way that organisms deal with that is you, the world may be changing, but an organism doesn't want its fitness to change, right? It doesn't want its fitness to be variable. So if an organism, an organism wants to have as many offspring as possible in bad years and in good years. So the offspring, the, the organism doesn't want to have this situation where there's variable numbers of offspring over the years. And I'm going to explain why that is. And how organisms try to mitigate that with, um, with one style of bed hedging. I'm really going to talk about one style of bed hedging. So when we, when we think about evolution, when we think about fitness, fitness is really the currency of evolution. So organisms want to leave offspring in the future. And we call that the currency. And it's really, you know, analogous to money, to currency, to how we actually use currency. And you can think of bed hedging, evolutionary bed hedging, you can also think of it in terms of something like an investment, right? Or or money. Now, if you if you're like, you know, if you're any kind of reasonable person, you don't want an income to be variable. You don't want this variable income. You want a steady income, right? A, any any person with half a brain wants an income that is steady. You don't want an income that just goes with the whims of the weather or customers or anything else you want steady income 
preferably a large steady income, right? Same goes for organisms. But what I'm going to talk about today is the, the variation in income is, or variation in fitness is a huge deal for organisms. And, it can, and it's a huge deal for, for people, too, when they think about currency. And, and it's that variation that, that we kind of underestimate sometimes as evolutionary biologists. We just think about the, the, overall, the overall fitness sometimes, and we don't think about the, the variation in fitness and how and how um, that works. And so we want, you know, we want a steady income. We want to always have money. You know, we don't want to go out like, like Steve Martin and the jerk, right? Remember, I don't know if people remember this movie, but it was this great, this great, hilarious movie that Steve Martin did. I think it was in the 70s <clears throat> called The Jerk. And what's funny about it is it's like he went from rags to riches back to rags, right? And so in the movie, Steve Martin is born a, a, a poor black sharecropper, right? He's a white guy, but he's born a poor black sharecropper. And through different things, through different maneuvers and luck, he ends up super rich, but then he loses it all again. And it's called the jerk because no one wants to go through that. No one wants to do that. That just sounds horrible, right? You'd be, you, you know he'd probably have been happier during that period if he just had a steady income, if everything, if there'd been no variation in his income. And that's... um. And that's really what, what I'm talking about today, and that's what organisms want. They just want steady, a steady fitness without the variation. And so let's think about, just to get your head around this idea of what I'm talking about, let's think about investments, right? If you're, if you're making some kind of a stock portfolio or you're, you're picking stocks or trying to set up your retirement, this is a better example, trying to set up your retirement, you don't take all your retirement and put it in um, like space.com. I don't know if anybody remembers this website, but they used to be back in the, the bubble days. There was this, there was this, oh no, it was pets.com. That was the one that was even more funny. There was this website called pets.com and they had commercials and I cannot for life me figure out what it was, but maybe it was like a, a store for pets. It may even still exist now, but there were all these dot coms. There were all these internet companies that were coming out. And they were, um, they were basically just these startups, but you could, you could put stock into them. So you could, pay, you could pay for the shares of the company in the hopes that they, were, they would be huge. And people lost a lot of money doing that. And, you know, that's, that's the thing. It's, it's called the tech bubble because people realize, like, oh, these companies aren't going to make any money. So imagine if you put all your... You put all your stocks into, all your money into pets.com. You'd be done, right? So you want to diversify your, your portfolio, right? You want to have diverse portfolio where you have some things that are high risk, high reward. You have some things that are steady. And over time, you just have this steady income, the steady increase in your income, right? Some people might be thinking, well, what if you put all your income into into Apple stocks, right? What if it was the late 90s, back when, during the tech bubble, tech bubble when Apple was, um, you know, trading, I don't know, it's probably less than a dollar a share or something. It was like really low. And now it's probably somewhere around 700 or whatever. It's, it's super high, right? So you'd made a ton of money if you put it all in Apple. Well, a lot of people say that. A lot of people slap themselves on the head and say, why didn't I just invest in Apple? Well, the reason you didn't do it because you were smart is because you knew not to put all your money into, into one stock. 
You know, you, you knew not to do that, especially a stock that was risky. Because again, you're increasing the chance of you having this variable income. You're increasing the chance that things are going to go poorly for you. So you want to have this diverse portfolio where you have some things high risk, high reward, and some things that are steady. And over time, you end up with this low variance, low variation year to year in your income. And so again, and this is about time. This is about the change over, over time where the variation is really small across a temporal scale. So a strategy that, an investment strategy that has a lot of high risk, high reward stocks or where you just put everything into one basket, that's going to increase, increase the variance. And the same goes for, for organisms. Right? The same goes for fitness since fitness is the, the currency of evolution. So like two examples, I'll talk about two, I'm, I'm going to go at length about one example, but there's two, two examples that immediately come to mind when we think about bed hedging in an evolutionary sense, when we think about organisms and bed hedging. The first of those is egg size versus number. Is egg size versus number trade-off. So imagine a bird, right? And a bird can lay a certain number of eggs. Well, the bird provisions the eggs, right? The eggs have the yolk and it has the white part of the yolk, you know. And a bird can either have one giant, can make one giant egg, or it can make a bunch of smaller eggs, right? And then one giant egg has a higher chance, of course, of growing up because it's super provisioned. It's, it's going to hatch and have all this yolk and be like a, a really large chick. Or it can make these really, really small eggs, where it has a lot of, leaving a lot of offspring, but the individual offspring don't really have that high of a chance of survival. So let's say the, org, the, the bird lays one giant egg. That's this great or offspring. But then it lays this giant egg in a year where there's, you know, a lot of predators around or in a really bad year for, for birds for whatever reason, like a drought year or something like that. Well, that bird just provisioned its offspring. Its offspring did not survive just as a result of bad weather or, or whatever, and now the bird has zero fitness for that year. So year to year, the bird's just increased its variance in fitness. Maybe next year the bird will do okay as far as its fitness, but this year it didn't. So it, it, it basically increased its variance, and that's bad. Now imagine a bird that finds this optimal strategy where it can produce a, a number of offspring, but they're not... They're not all, all its quote unquote eggs aren't all in one basket, right? All its, it's, it's sort of spreading out the, the, the provisioning of its offspring so that it's producing a, as many offspring as, as possible, but provisioning them also in, in such a way where they, they have a, a chance of surviving. So then that offspring, that bird might leave a, have, have a very even number of, of offspring across the years. Now, another really common example of bed hedging in biology is seed germination or seed dormancy. So anybody who's ever gardened, ever, ever had a garden where you grew some plants from seeds, you, kinda, you, you have an, an idea of what dormancy is, right? So you know how you buy a pack of seeds and you get a, you know, you'll get like 50 or so seeds depending on the kind of plants. You create hundreds of seeds depending on the time of plants. And they'll tell you in the packet 
to to plant you know four seeds in, in each mound and you know when you plant the four seeds you don't always get four plants right sometimes you get three sometimes you get two you may even get one every once in a while you get four so there's some seeds that just for some reason don't germinate now the seeds may be inviolable but a lot of times those seeds are dormant and what is that why would a seed just not germinate well, there's a lot of reasons to not germinate. Imagine you, again, imagine you have good or bad years. A seed may stay dormant to avoid bad years. So if, if the seed, if, if the seed, um, if the seed doesn't germinate in a, or the seed, let's say this, if the seed germinates in a bad year, of course, it's going to die. And if it germinates in a good year, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. So the, the maternal plant what it does is it likes to it likes to mitigate that risk or hedge its bets by having a mixture of of, of seeds, some of which are going to germinate easily in the next year, and some some of which will, will require much more of a cue or maybe require another year to germinate, so that the seeds are sort of spread out, and so it has a, a higher chance of of having offspring germinate in a good year. So you can imagine a a plant where all the seeds germinate at once, right? Well, if it catches a good year, that's great. It's going to have high fitness. But then if the next year is bad, bam, all those seeds die, and that plant's, whole, all, that plant's total fitness across time is zero. That plant's basically done, right? In, sort of, in, an, evolutionary, in an evolutionary sense, that plant is, is out of the gene pool because all its offspring died. Whereas a plant that spreads out its risk in that bad year may not have um, where everything dies, may be dead. But then the next year it had these dormant seeds that germinate during the good year. And so that plant can continue to leave offspring into the next generation. So this dormancy trait is, is really important. And that's and you know again you think about that when you're gardening. You say, well, why, why, isn't, why doesn't all these seeds, why don't all these seeds germinate? Well, people, I'm sure they try to breed dormancy out of these garden seeds, but, you know, it's such an important trait for plants. It's, I'm sure it's really difficult to breed that, that trait out because it's so, you know, back when these plants were the, the wild progenitors of all these agricultural plants, dormancy was, was likely to be really important for these plants. So as a flip side you can think of a plant that had that's super dormant right just when we think it, just to think about bed hedging you think of a plant that's really dormant or seeds that are really dormant where it's very difficult for the plants to um to germinate they just don't germinate readily well then there's a risk too because they just sit in the soil and they don't um they they, they, they just sit in the soil, they don't germinate, and then they have a risk. You know, there's seed predators. There's, there's also the risk of missing a good year. So the seed could sit in the soil and be eaten by any type by insects that eat seeds. Or it could be a really good year. So the plants that, that are very, that where it's very difficult to germinate, they're also taking a risk. And so they're, they're also having a risk where can, they can increase their variance in fitness. So there's, there's this sort of, um, the same as, as with the egg size versus number, there's this optimal number depending on the, the, the species and the environment 
there's this optical optimal amount of germination that a plant has to go through or 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 a plant should should have so you have um so you have some dormancy so when you have like a, an intermediate amount of dormancy you end up with some some plants that germinate and some that don't and you have this diversity as well so you have this diversity basically allows the plant to maintain this steady fitness over time so it has this low variance in fitness and so that's a type of of bed hedging now there's bed hedging that happens in society too and i wanted the one example that i was thinking about is this thing this phenomenon where people you know there's this this thing where people are really perplexed with um i guess lower income right-wing people right lower income republicans right like it's like and i I, i'm perplexed by it too i mean i i guess i'm a limousine liberal right as they call it or lipstick lesbian one of those it's like some kind of they they like the things with the l's right it's like the, the limousine i'm a limousine liberal snowflake and so from my point of view from my limousine liberal snowflake i'm like why are these people so into voting for these republicans when clearly they're not the Republicans are not interested in they're not interested in trying to um you know they're not interested in lowering lowering lower income taxes you know they're doing all this stuff there's all this stuff going on with Medicaid yada 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 it's all this garbage that, that's that's happening now and from my um from the back seat of my limousine I look at these people and I say well why are they doing this this is such this is a bad strategy for them. Well, it's a bad strategy for them if, unless you think about bed hedging. In some ways, it may, it may not be as bad of a strategy when you think about it in the context of bed hedging. Because I can't help but think that some of these people who vote for this, these things that are voting, where they're voting against their self-interest, maybe they're thinking, hey, they're, maybe they're thinking two things. Like, hey, one of these days, I'm going to be rich. And I'll be damned if I'm going to be rich and have voted for higher taxes, basically voting myself for higher taxes. So no, you know, I'm, I'm going to just, just in case, just in case I make it rich, I can kind of see it on the horizon. I'm going to, I'm voting, I'm voting for this Republican who's, you know, going to give these huge tax breaks to the rich, right? Or they could be saying, well, you know, I know that this claim that if you give rich people a bunch of money, They'll invest in America and they'll invest in factories. I know that 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 is uh, probably dubious, but there's a chance. There's a chance it could work. There's a chance that some of them will do that. So I'm going to go ahead and and vote for this. Right. I mean, it makes sense if that's true. It's not if it's true that rich people will if you do if they didn't have to pay taxes, they like would miraculously open a factory and start hiring people um if that's true then it's not that that dumb of a strategy to uh to vote against what seems like your self-interest right you're bed hedging you're saying well look man this might work now there's a lot of reasons why it might not be true but maybe they are maybe they really are uh they really are bed hedging you know it's like and I mean, and that's that's this thing about Americans. I mean, I mean, you know, Americans have this sort of optimism where it's like, look, I could be rich. You never know. I could be I could be rich one day. So. So I don't think it's. 
I don't think it's stupid. I think that these, I think that those people are, uh, I think they're really, I think they're bed hedging, you know? I think it's, it's far too simple to say, well, they should just vote for this because they should just vote one way. They should, because they're voting for their, they're voting for their, uh, they're voting against their self-interest, sorry, but they're not. Maybe they're voting for their self-interest and the chance that they make it rich. You always have to, you, you, you do kind of have to prepare yourself to be rich, right? You be, I mean, how sad, how sad would a person be if they had no ambition and they said, look, I'm never going to be rich. I'm never going to make it big. Things are never going to change. It's always going to be like this. You know, that's, that's sad. But it's, you know, it's, it's, if you're optimistic and you think things are going to work out, then, hey, vote for the Republican and say, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to pay taxes, pay low taxes, right? These taxes are killing me. These, these imaginary taxes that I'm going to pay in the future are, are, you know, I can't have that. So, you bet hedge or you, or you, you hope that the person, you know, who's going to be doing all this hiring is, um, you hope that they, they, you know, that they don't have to deal with all these, all these, all these taxes. So when you get the seeds from the, from your, uh, from your garden and they don't germinate and you think to yourself, well, these are just, gar- these, you know, some of these seeds are just like garbage. Why are these, why are so many of these seeds garbage? And then people like me, you know, limousine liberals, snowflakes, when we, we roll down, we like hit that, you know, we roll down that, uh, the, the, the tinted windows on our limousine and we stare out at the unwashed masses of Republicans and their hovels and we say, why do they vote the way that they do? And look down on them with so much pity and disdain. It could be that they're, really logical and they're making a choice they're making an optimistic choice that hey i could be rich so i'm gonna hedge my bets i'm not going to vote in this way because there's a chance that uh that things could work out the way that i think they will so that's um that's an explanation of of bet hedging from an evolutionary standpoint so you can think about that when you see when you look at at plants and you think about fitness remember fitness isn't about leaving the most offspring as possible. It's not this, you know, this idea of survival of the fittest. What it's really about is decreasing, is, is decreasing the variance in fitness. So it's about having as many offspring as possible, but at the same time, making sure that the, over, that the, the number of offspring over time is not, is, not, is, not, is, as, is not variable, that there's a steady number of offspring. So until next time.